0: Welcome to Why I Sew, the podcast where some of your favorite sewing personalities and rising stars share what motivates them to create using needle and thread. I'm your host, Jason Prater, and with me today is Dale Allen Rouse. I'm super excited. This is the quilting cowboy, guys. You're going to want to get to know all about him if you don't already. I'm super excited to meet and speak with him today and find out why he sews. Sounds funny for me to even say that. Why he sows shouldn't sound funny, right? But I haven't interviewed many other men. So, hey, Dale, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah,
0: I'm sure some of our audience know who you are and have seen your work, but maybe you could uh, just give a brief introduction of who you are and and what you do. Sure, sure, sure. So
1: thanks again for having me on. I just wanted to uh, say I really appreciate the opportunity. I love what you guys do. I've been following you for a while. And so it's a it's a really great treat for me to be here with you today. So thank you for that. Oh, man, we're we're glad to have you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, And so then, like, How I got it got started sewing was kind of an interesting thing because my mom was a sewing teacher and I was around sewing like growing up my whole life. But my mom didn't really teach me how to sew; she taught my sister. But as I was getting older, I got a job um, on tour with a performing theater group, and we would be going from city to city. And this is, you know, back in the day before handheld computers, and you know, this is the late '80s, early '90s. Just tell you how damn old I am.
0: watch it now watch it that's not that old Bill that's not that old (laughs) right and
1: so but you, you had to have something to do on the bus and so a lot of my friends were taking up knitting that didn't really appeal to me but some of my friends were having kids and I thought huh if I could just you know sew together a couple of stupid squares like shablam like you got a baby quilt it's not that big it's not a big surface area that sounds like a project i could maybe handle what they didn't tell me though is you shouldn't learn how to hand sew on the back of a moving vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) right Uh, (laughs) makes it a little hard uh, to keep those stitches straight right (laughs) yeah there's something like that you know so uh, uh, i called my early work franken quilt (laughs) because (laughs) the stitches were so big (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs)
0: um,
1: But you know, you don't know, you got to start somewhere. And uh, so anyways, I managed to get some of those squares sewn together. And then I moved on to like, you know, octagons and different shapes and things like this to try and make, you know, different patterns and stuff like that. But yeah, I really just started hand sewing on a tour bus. And I did that for a while until, uh, well, that's really where I started sewing. And then eventually I took a few classes and then I, you know, learned how to use a sewing machine, which was a big evolution in my work because it's super like intimidating a little bit. Like if you don't know how to use a sewing machine to try and figure that out. But anyways, I took a couple classes and there was this one woman who I just loved and and she was uh, still to this day is my favorite uh, quilting teacher ever. And I think she's probably part of the reason why I stuck with it, because walking into a classroom, obviously, as a guy, you know, you just feel like (laughs) the way I describe it is that you both stick out like a sore thumb thumb, and are completely invisible all at the same time. I love it. And so it's super awkward. <laughs> and, but I met this woman and she really encouraged me and she spoke to me in a way that like I could get it. And she really made me feel comfortable. She met me right where I was and she really encouraged me, you know, just as an artistic pursuit to keep going with it. And everything from, you know, she really got into like helping me understand like fabrics that sparked creativity in my own imagination. Nobody had done that before. Nobody had really taken me through my spark of inspiration, right? And asked me personally, and I'll never forget her saying this was, so what makes your heart sing? Hmm. I was like,
0: excuse me now? (laughs) (laughs) Do you sure you want the answer to that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean in terms of fabric? Oh, okay. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, but she really, you know, got the that thinking going along those lines and it took me it took me a couple of years to figure out the answer to that question in terms of creativity is like what sparks my imagination. What does make my heart sing? you know And it took me years of kind of pursuing that kind of consciously to arrive at, you know an answer that I was kind of happy with. And that really started me in my own lane, if you will, because I understood myself artistically. I understood what got my artistic juices going. and it was from there that after I, I stopped performing uh, for a living, that I really moved into having quilting and fabric design and quilt design be my artistic fuel. Uh, when I stopped performing, because that was kind of, you know, then my uh, full-time artistic outlet.
0: Wow. So that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm always intrigued by how people get into sewing and what drove them there. I mean, obviously your business world uh, as, a, as a, is as a quilter, right? So I, I assume you kind of consider yourself mostly a quilter, but you said you started hand sewing. Uh, so is that the label you give to yourself? Quilter, sewist, sewer, seamstress, tailor, omni after embroidery, like where do you fit on that scale of things?
1: Yeah, great question. I mean, I kind of consider myself a little bit of a fiber artist, but mostly, I mean, even in my quilt design, it always has one foot in the tradition, right? Yeah. And I just always think a quilt should look like a quilt and a quilt should feel like a quilt. Like I okay. don't ever want to, you know, go so far beyond that that's like, oh, what is this thing? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, And because I appreciate, uh, it's the same for my life as a classical ballet dancer, right? There are rules and structures to classical ballet that you have to know. It was the same as quilting. I had to study, right, the rules and the way that things actually function and work in terms of it being traditionally done. And once I understood that, then I could start to break the rules. But I never wanted to be someone to break the rules so much that it was a complete departure from its origins.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Now. Did this this woman that that helped you in your journey was she a uh, was she like an employee at a at a local quilt shop or a sewing machine dealer? Or how did you get to know this woman?
1: Yeah, she owned the local quilt shop close to where I was living at the time. Okay,
0: cool. Does she lay claim to helping create the the quilting cowboy?
1: <laughs> I hope she does. She should. <laughs> she should own that fully. I uh, fully support that idea. But I just want to also throw in in case anybody's listening here, especially any guys. Go take classes. Don't try and figure it out just on your own. It will be worth it for your own experience because part of the experience of being a quilter, quite frankly, is the community. And if you're, you know, separating yourself from the other quilters because you feel like you won't fit in, trust me, especially if you're a guy, part of the time you're not going to. But there are lots of times where you will. And you just have to find your tribe and your community. And yeah, it takes a little bit of effort, you know, especially as a guy, you feel a little bit like you just got to find your your space, your your people, yeah. right? But they are there. You know, just keep going after it because it's a it's a great, it's a great place to hang out.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I know from my own personal experience, I've been in this industry for 28 years and <laughs> there's a time period where my wife worked for a steel mill and of course I run a decorative thread company and you know people would ask my kids you know well, what do your parents do and it's like my mom works at this steel mill my dad works for a decorative thread company yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like you know there's this feeling like this isn't manly enough or something like <laughs> hey, wait a minute uh, but the people within the industry have never really made me feel that way it's just uh, I, I am I'm from south Louisiana you know and it's like yeah. most of my Most of my friend group are like, really, you sell decorative threads. Like, what does that look like? (laughs) So I I have maybe a a small inkling of of what you mean, but some of the Uh most creative people I've seen in this business are men, actually. It's fun. It's fun to see. But I wonder if you've ever felt that from the consumer or from a a class. Have they ever made you feel like you don't belong? No. Uh, Well...
1: Okay, sure. Things happen, right? You're in, you're in the world. There are people who have all kinds of opinions and all kinds of things that they're going through and all kinds of things that you don't understand, right? And you just have to, this is what I say, even in my class when I'm teaching, you have to love it enough to survive your own learning curve, Hmm. right? And that's a process. And that's everything from the skills required in order to just be good and like be able to look at what you created and, you know, be satisfied. So there's that, but it's also just finding your way in the world. Like if you're, if you're learning a new industry, that's going to take a minute to find your people, right? And so you, you got to come at it with the same commitment and you have to love it enough in order to stick with it because, you know, your people are there. Right. There's the the quilt community is, is as broad of a spectrum as any other community. So
0: ain't that the truth? That's awesome. It's one of the things I love about this business. And so you said that your mom was a, a sewer. What 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 kind of sewing does she do? And and you said she didn't she didn't really teach you how to sew, but maybe well like Besides that hand sewing, what was your real first memory of sewing or or was that it? I mean, that was really literally the first time you picked up the needle and thread yourself.
1: Yeah. So my mom was a home ec teacher. That was kind of her job. So yeah, she taught my sister how to, you know, make a few clothing items and things like that. But we would also do crafts. My first memory of sewing was hand sewing and I would make little, like I I use them in my videos still to this day, a little felt mice. And yeah, and so anyways, it was this whole thing. And like each mouse would have like its own like outfit and like job description. And like it was this
0: whole thing. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs>
1: well, that's how I spent my childhood. I didn't have a lot of friends.
0: But <laughs> I, I was going to say, did you enjoy that at the time? Or was this like forced entertainment?
1: <laughs> I don't know that I knew any different. <laughs>
0: it's too funny. Oh, man. So what do you, I mean, obviously you're a quilter. How do you describe your quilt? I mean, you're called the quilting cowboy. How how did those two things come together? Like where did the cowboy piece come from? And how did that meet up? Is that a, Is that a created persona or is that like legit? I'm a cowboy and I'm a a quilter. I get that question a lot. And
1: now that I live on a ranch, it's a little more legitimized. However, (laughs) I've had that moniker for, you know, better part of two decades now. And when I first started it, you know, I was, to be honest, I was too embarrassed uh, to put my name to my work as a quilter. And so I created kind of this name that, you know, online was just kind of becoming a thing. And so I was kind of hiding behind this name of quilting cow because I wear cowboy boots every day. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Canadian and I just, I, I, I live on a ranch that's always been the dream. So anyways, uh, uh, that was kind of where it started from. It was just an easy to spell, easy to remember name that the URL was available. So I snatched it up and I just, I just started using it because I thought it was kind of funny. And uh, anyhow, it just kind of took off from there. And then as I was, you know, building the brand and everything else, I started using cook. And cowboy less, and I started using my real name uh, more. So that's how that evolved. Cool.
0: You did well picking that name. It's it's kind of cool actually. I, <laughs> Thanks. So you, you mentioned you're from Canada. Where where in Canada? And do you do you get back there and do do much teaching in Canada or or? What's that look like? Yeah.
1: So uh, I don't get back to Canada a lot. Um, I'm really pretty happy where I am in Southern California. I still have, I mean, I really don't even have that many family members. I have my sister and my niece in Canada. Everyone else has moved to the States since. Uh, So, you know, occasionally I get up there and I try and teach wherever I can, wherever there's opportunity. But uh, that's about it. I mean, I was born in the United States, so I can work here um, very easily. That's how that, yeah. But I was born in Tacoma, but I was raised just outside of Vancouver, uh, British Columbia.
0: Okay. <laughs> nice area. So, you know, I, I asked this question of, of of all the guests and it's amazing all the different answers, but I'm sure uh, like, I mean, you, you quilt for a business now. I mean, is that your primary, is that your primary source of income you're quilting or, or do you do something else outside of quilting?
1: So I'm a full-time real estate agent. The quilting thing I just really do for fun. Uh, You know, I would have to sell a lot of $10 patterns in order to, you know, pay for this ranch. (laughs) And, you know, I'm not really interested in taking that route. So I make my money actually in real estate. But uh, you know, the quilting cowboy thing is more of a passion project. Um, I do a lot of custom work for people. And so that's certainly available. I won't do a quilt for under $1,200. I generally take $600 up front as an initial deposit for fabric notions and supplies. And then I take a, the balance of $600 when the quilt is delivered to them. And I do everything, everything from the design, fabric selection, to piecing and quilting of the work is, is kind of what I do. So I'm really a
0: one-stop shop. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. So you, when you say you went and learned, you learned everything. <laughs> I learned everything. Yes. I love it. I love it. So do you, do you get to so much just for fun? I mean, do you create for yourself? And if, and if so, what kind of things do you love to sew for yourself? Oh, great question.
1: Um, so probably like most people, I don't get as much time to create just for fun. A lot of the times, because, uh, you know, I'm also an author. I also play the piano. I also, you know, I have a lot of other creative hats that I wear as well. So when I do get a chance to sew, it's generally for a project that I'm getting paid on that I'm usually a week behind on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How about gifts? Do you so much? Do you so much for for giving to others? Uh, and and, you know and, what, and honestly. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and if so, uh, do any of those sort of stick out as, you know, particularly memorable or hold any special meaning for you or the recipient?
1: Yeah. Uh, You know what? Giving the quilts away is my preferred method of sewing. To monetize something like quilting that is obviously just from the heart is always felt odd And quite frankly, a little bit wrong to me because what I do is not, you know, something to be monetized. It is, you know, a gift of the heart. And so my preferred, you know, way of, of sewing is to make something for somebody and and just give it to them as a gift rather than trying to collect money. But, you know, that only works, you know, for friends and family outside of that, obviously the dynamics change, but um, my, you know, I, and I've made some really wonderful pieces for friends and it just, it lights me up, you know, for uh, months to be able to work on a project for somebody and see them receive it and have it mean so much to them and their life or whatever they've gotten up. And whether sometimes it's, uh, you know, fabrics from clothing of the deceased Mm. in their family that they'll send to me that I'll put together as a work, as a memorial quilt, you know, for them to remember that family member and always have them at least by way of, you know, their clothing and, Mm. and physical items. Uh, you know, to wrap themselves in when even after the person
0: is gone. I love those kinds of stories. And and I love to see those kinds of quilts. Those absolutely hold a lot of meaning. I've got a a huge uh, quilt hanging on my wall right here that was made for me that is pretty cool. I'm a big LSU fan and it's uh, all about LSU. And so I, I absolutely love those kinds of those kinds of gifts. Have you ever, you know, on the, on the reverse of that, have you ever spent a ton of time, energy and effort in creating something that you gave away and felt like the person didn't really understand what you put into that?
1: Yes. So I actually have uh, two stories. One is exactly that one's a little bit of a departure. So, yes, I once um, as a real estate agent, I will often give uh, my clients who purchase, you know, multimillion dollar homes. Uh, a closing gift of a, a quilt that I've made for them. Oh, wow. Right? I mean, How special. <laughs> my commission is going to, you know, basically make my year. It's worth <laughs> for me to uh, spend a couple of weeks and put something together for them. So I made one for one client and I came back to her house to see. And she had, she had, She had thrown it into her dog bed and her (laughs) dog was sitting on it. Oh.
0: I would I would love to have been a fly on the wall just to try to read your facial expressions there.
1: (laughs) As I'm slowly dying inside, you mean? (coughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow that that beats everything i've ever heard i think yeah wow. so that
1: was one and another one uh, i i hand sewed an entire project a queen size quilt it took me a year all right I, I even quilted it by hand i pieced it by hand the binding was done by hand i did everything by hand and then i went to wash it and the red ran all over it. (laughs) So I gave that away.
0: (laughs) Wow. I mean, what do you say to this person who was a former client or a client still? I mean, I guess you always consider them clients when you're a real estate agent, hoping that you'll, you'll help them sell this one and buy another one someday. What, what do you, do you say anything to them? What what do you do there? Yeah, no, I just, kept on going I'm like okay wait we're not gonna
1: we're not gonna go there
0: <laughs> did it look that bad <laughs> yeah, <right.
1: laughs> oh trust me I had not spent a lot of time on this project so I wasn't completely busted up but at the same time it was like you know that's that's up there when people call your quilt a blanket that was like oh, they just, oh, it.
0: <laughs> yeah and and if they don't get it that much they're never gonna get it right like they just yeah, don't exactly. understand this took a lot of energy and effort and that's what I was giving to you not this thing (laughs) yeah yeah exactly that's crazy so uh, obviously we have you know threads and fabric and those are the things that you have to have to to make a quilt but what are what are some of your favorite things like sewing products or notions techniques whatever nifty gadgets that you just have on your must-have list like these are the things that I gotta have I really love hotfix.
1: I mean, it's just the best fusible out there. I really have been uh, doing some of that with some of my basic applique work. I do a lot of um, mixed media a little bit with some of my work in that some of it is giant applique on top of piece backgrounds, you know, things like that. A lot of it's paper piece. That I always use, you know, multi <clears throat> kind of uh, approaches to create sometimes one visual, if that makes okay, sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I always have, you know, that's my favorite fusible is Hot Fix. I, uh, let's see, huh. other products. I like little tools and stuff that are for marking, but that don't mark. Mm. Uh, have you seen these, um, like kind of s- scoring tools almost that will yeah. score a line in the fabric as opposed to drawing on the fabric? Okay. Nice. So I often will use that for marking my quilts if it's going to be a light color. And I'm worried that any of my marking tools are going to show up. So I really enjoy those types of things. Oh, a sewing awl is probably mm. my favorite tool. I use that quite a bit. Oh, and then I just, you know, every once in a while, I'll just kind of change it up and get myself a new machine. And I am loving my new Juki. It, I mean, it doesn't have any specialty stitches. It just straight, it just straight sews. That's the only thing it does. But the thing is like a Ferrari. I mean, I took it out of the box. I could not believe how fast this thing can sew. It is just amazing.
0: Yeah, amazing. These machines meant for sort of industrial sewing. Not not that, uh, I think that's guess where that, their background is, but they make a lot of really good workhorse machines. When you sew with one of those, the difference is astounding, no? Oh,
1: and I can get my, like when I'm just doing like a kind of, you know, strip piecing like and, and things where you just go one after another after another after another or you have long runs of something right. like I said just piecing where you're doing large strips I mean I can get that thing done in half the time because the machine is just so fast it's it's incredible
0: that's crazy what do you primarily quilt with do you have a long arm machine or how do you what do you, what do you use for your actual quilting
1: yeah for the actual quilting I have a, a sweet 16 Nice. that I use. It's a sit down machine and it works just fine. Uh, I actually feel like I have more control with it than I've used the long arm plenty. Um, I just, I don't know, I it's probably also because you just get used to what you're used to working on and yeah. I'm really happy with my Sweet 16. I feel like I have a lot of control over it. It's a decent machine. I've been happy with it. So that's what I use. Cool.
0: Switch gears on you a little bit here. Preparing for the podcast, I was on your website and reading a little bit about you and, you know, I kind of read this story that you had have on your on your website regarding I guess a tough time in your life and and I just wonder how sewing helped you with that or maybe another way to ask it too is how sewing may or may not have given you opportunities or or enriched your life in some way and if that's sort of connected to this personal event that happened in your life or if you want to share anything about that
1: yeah sure Sewing for sure. I think for most people, they consider it their therapy. You just hear that everywhere, right? Yeah. But there's actual real science behind why that is so. And I was uh, listening to, um, I'm not sure if I was listening to a podcast or I was reading an article, but it correlated like skydiving and other extreme sports with quilting. And I was like,
0: well, I'm gonna, I got to hear this connection. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, and they were saying the reason why people are attracted to those types of activities and whether it's skydiving, whether it's, <clears throat> you know, extreme climbing or quilting, all of them have one thing in common is that they require you to be ever present in the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that is where people get to with quilting, that it allows you to be in the space within yourself where the rest of the world just slips away. And we sometimes all need that when we're going through things. I think that like being that present, right, to yourself is a gift. And often when I have had really difficult times in my life, I have found myself, you know, sewing and being creative more because it just counters like the troubles of the world, if you will, Mm. when you're more present. Wow.
0: That's powerful stuff. Yeah, I can see that where, you know, I guess there's a lot of hobbies maybe that can do that for you. But at the end of the day, not every hobby do you end up with this physical, tangible representation of what you've spent your time doing, like you do with quilting. Uh, I think that sort of adds to it, like, I mean, not to take away from someone who likes to fish or uh, hunt or uh, whatever, but when you're done with a quilt, boy, you got something, you know,
1: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, it really is, you know, piecing together love in a way. And that's, I think, what really resonates. It's certainly what drew me to the art form initially is when I was thinking about making those little baby quilts. That's the expression that I had within me that I wanted to bring into the physical. And that's what quilts, I think, do for us. Yeah, for sure.
0: Are there any... You know, people, uh, you you mentioned the lady that helped teach you a lot about quilting and she was an owner of a quilt shop. Besides her, or or maybe you want to talk more about her. Are there any makers or sewists that you really, really admire within this industry? And are people that have helped you in some way in your journey that are notable?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's always people that uh, I get inspired by. What's her name? Nicole Friedland. I love 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 her stuff. Uh, let's see, Luke. I can't remember Luke's last name. Uh, anyways, he and I have been friends like forever, <clears throat> and uh, you know he's he's really out there in terms of making quilt art, right? And his uh-huh. his uh, art quilts are you know pretty amazing, and I've always enjoyed his lane. But, you know, each artist does kind of have their own lane and and you have to appreciate them for, you know, who and what they are and what they bring to the table. I mean, trust me, I've never really understood a lot of the work of some of these more modern quilters, you know, because, again, (laughs) for me, I always want a quilt to remain looking like a quilt, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I don't know, like, I really, I enjoy some of the modern art quilts, uh, but again, I'm always a little bit more in the traditional lane Yeah, I you know, I don't get out as much as I would like to. I tend to sew a lot alone. So people are always like, Who inspires you? I'm like, I don't know, I don't know anyone.
0: You inspire yourself. Hey, that's all right. (laughs) You're inspired by what's around you. (laughs) By what's around me, by our ranch, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there anything that you've uh, always wanted to sew but haven't tried yet or some kind of sewing technique or some sewing thing that's on your bucket list of sewing?
1: Yes. I want to learn how to do couching. Okay. Do you know what that is like in terms of like actually sewing
0: heavy threads onto fabric? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's quite a few machines out there, I think, too, that intend anyway to make that easier with with the right feet and the right feed mechanisms and and, and other things. But I'm not a sewer. So when we start talking, getting too deep into it, that's where I (laughs) fall off. But I certainly know some of the language.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm super curious to learn how to do that. I think that we could make some because I also enjoy making my own textiles before I use them. But I am also, you know, I have a line of fabrics as well. And so I'm just kind of across the board. Awesome. I, I like to create everything from the beginning. I like to create the fabrics. I like to make the quilt design. I like to then sew the quilt and then quilt the quilt. So I'm beginning to end all the way through is my uh, vision.
0: Very cool. Now, you, you mentioned a line of fabrics. Is that through one of the major fabric lines or is that something that you produce yourself?
1: Yeah, I've been uh, designing for Wyndham Fabrics for about four years now. I, we're on. Uh, I think are my fourth line.
0: Um, awesome. Wyndham. Cool. Well, for the listeners out there, they'll know where they can go to get your fabrics. But I'll, I'll also mention your your website later on. But what are you working on right now? What are you sewing right now?
1: I am doing a few things. So I have an Etsy shop and I do on occasion. Um, so what happens is I will go and I'll teach a class and then I'll come home with a partial quilt made, right? That I just kind of used as an example in the class, right? So what I'm doing is I, I'm finishing those projects and I sell those projects on Etsy. Oh, Cool. <laughs> so if you look for uh, my shop, the quilting cowboy on Etsy, you can actually buy my quilts as well as a bunch of my products and stuff like that. But then, uh, so I, I'm working on one quilt for Etsy right now. And then I'm working on for one, actually I have two commissioned works right now that I'm working on one of a flag. And the other one of a coon hunt. I'm not even sure what a coon hunt is, but we're working on
0: creating the pattern right now. Yeah. Now you got to tell me that the coon hunt one must be from someone in either Louisiana, Alabama, Florida, or Georgia. Gotta be. I think it's from one of the Carolinas. Okay, okay. I knew it. I knew it.
1: (laughs) I knew they I, were I not from by.
0: California.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just got that commission work. Um, so I still got the first payment. We haven't started. Well, that's not entirely true. I did one round of design already and huh. I kind of dig it. It's going to be cool, but. That's you know, fantastic. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I to
0: gotta, I gotta know. So what is your your process like when someone mm-hmm. comes to you with something that maybe is that foreign to you? How, how do you go about getting inspired to create something that that's going to be meaningful to them what what do you do to prepare for that
1: sure so the first step i always do is understand the budget to understand how enthusiastic i can get about the design <laughs> right because <laughs> right. like <clears throat> you know if it's if it's entry level in terms of its monetary budget I'm only going to spend so many hours on it, so that really adjusts the design to something that's manageable that I can get done in three weeks. I can't do a quilt in under three weeks; it's just not possible. Yeah. But if there's a bigger budget, then you know we can start talking about something that has more detail to it, that it's more custom. I also have I've published probably close to twenty quilt patterns at this point. They're all on QuiltingCowboy.com. So a lot of times people will come to me and say, "I like this." pattern that you create can you do it in this color way and that's a much simpler process I you know because I created the quilt design you know I know it intimately and I can just kind of bang it out and that's pretty fast for me but creating something that's more like an art quilt that has actual imagery that can take a lot longer
0: oh cool so now we've talked a lot about your sewing when you're not sewing you mentioned a few things earlier I don't know if everybody would have picked up on that but what what other kinds of hobbies and activities do you enjoy I mean what might we see you posting about on your social media that's not sewing related.
1: Yeah, probably uh, our five dogs. <laughs> that keeps me busy. Our ranch property certainly keeps me busy. You know, it's not a house that you can just kind of live in and, you know, you're done. It's like, you know, when you live in the middle of nowhere, like we don't even have trash service, right? So, <laughs> I, you know, hauling trash is something I do in the course of my week, That's you know, awesome. and so. Yeah. And then of course I have my full-time real estate business that I'm uh, always busy, but I don't really, it's funny. (laughs) That's what actually makes the money, but I don't ever post about my real estate. Uh, Who cares? (laughs) It just, it's just a job. It just pays the
0: bills. (laughs) Not a passion, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So funny. that's what I am normally post. But then also, you know, like I said, I I also pursue a lot of other artistic endeavors. And so I also, you know, will post a me playing the piano. You know, the latest concert, you know, piece that I'm working on. I'll, I'll post that or whatever. I uh, I've always have something weird and artistic to post.
0: When talent was being handed out, you it sounds like you hit the jackpot. I don't, I don't know what what happened to mine, but play oh, the piano, oh, don't ask acting, me to quilting. quilting. Come on. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, I, I always kind of ask this question as the last piece of the podcast, and so I, I, I'll give it to you as well. I've, I've always kind of said, as an industry, you know, we're not selling thread, notions, fabric, but what we're really selling in this business is this feeling of accomplishment and satisfaction that comes with creating. I think I know your answer to this, but do you believe that? And if so, how has that feeling manifested itself in your sewing journey?
1: Yeah, great question. So you're right. Uh, We really are in the industry of creativity, right? Nobody cares about, oh, this thread or that thread as much as they do about what's written on their heart, Mm. right? And at the end of the day, the expression of art is... I believe, to pull from beyond us into the physical world that which is written on our souls. Mm. And to me, that's the artistic endeavor. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to bring into the world to prove not only, like, who we are, but, like, what we're capable of as just humans and, like, to inspire and to, you know, bring into the world something that is beautiful where beauty didn't exist before. Mm. Like, when you can get into that world and you can start creating beautiful things for yourself, like that's a, it's just a level of, you know, personal fulfillment that's really hard to duplicate, I would say.
0: Wow. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think you uh, you hit that right on the head. You know, it's interesting. I was working the one time on a, I was on an airplane and I was just looking for an advertising campaign or trying to come up with something. But that's what I kept circling back to was how can we communicate that satisfaction that one can get? from creating something and whether they're giving it to somebody or they, they've, they've done it for, uh, for dollars, whatever. When someone says, wow, you created that? This is beautiful. The f- instant feeling that someone gets from that. Man, if I could figure out how to encapsulate that into some kind of campaign man we would have it made i haven't figured that out yet but certainly we 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 spent a lot of effort and energy trying to get people into this world by helping teach them to do it, and and I know you do that, and and so we appreciate what you're doing in that regard, and we want to let our listeners know that Dale, besides selling patterns and uh, other kinds of products, you also teach at guilds and stores and and other kinds of venues as well. Correct?
1: Oh yeah, I love to teach. It's one of my favorite things because you know, especially since COVID, we've all been so isolated, right? And yeah. you know, I haven't had a lot of teaching opportunities through COVID, other than by Zoom but even that is not quite the same as being in person, you know, and and really celebrating with your fellow quilters, you know, the art form and the togetherness and the culture, you know, that we all work so hard to try and create within the quilt community.
0: Awesome. So if our listeners want to know more about that and how they can book you to teach somewhere, they just go to your website at quiltingcowboy.com, right? That's correct. You got it. Awesome. Well, Dale, man, it was a pleasure to get to know you and to hear your story and and learn a little bit more about what you do. Hopefully now that we're all seeming to be able to travel a little bit more and shows are opening back up, maybe there'll be a time soon where we can meet in person on the road.
1: That'd be awesome. I'd love it. We'll go for a drink. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) That's one of my favorite things to do. I like to brew beer and I get a lot of satisfaction from that. So I love it. Definitely. Definitely. All right, Dale. Well, thanks again, man, for coming on. And until we see you on the road, take it easy. All All right, sounds good. Thank you for listening to Why So With Sulky. Give us a rating or a review and be sure to shop your favorite Sulky products, including threads, stabilizers, kits, and more, at sulky.com.